welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. Your Cancer Guy. And again, as I always say, and you know, I have another phenomenal guest. But who is it? That's the question. Who is the next guest? Well, I think this next guest you're going to really appreciate. Not only is she a serial entrepreneur, she is a dog mom. She is someone who, you know, who's grown up not really wanting pets, but has had them. But at the same time, you're going to see the human side of her, right? I think sometimes when you bring individuals on, you go, my goodness, I didn't know that about that individual. And that's what I hope you get today. But not only that, I hope you get empowered today. I hope you get empowered to understand that, you know, cancer doesn't discriminate. And when it comes for you, and sometimes you're depressed, how do you get out of that hole? How do you find hope? How do you find the people to, that are part of your team, right? Does anything in your childhood ever affect you that comes back in your life in, in the form of cancer? You know, you hear about that sometimes, sometimes childhood traumas, right? So we're going to dive into it. I have no idea what I'm going to find out. I'm right here with you, but I'm excited to bring this next guest. And I hope you are too, right? So when you think about entrepreneurs, you think about people who help people every single day, that confidence level, that's who I have next on my show, right? She's helped thousands of people, right? She's just a beast in what she does. She empowers other females. That's what we see so often, but that she doesn't just talk it, she lives it, right? So we're going to bring her on our show today, talk to her about her experience, what she's gone through. Please give me a round of applause as we bring in Jesse Lee, a.k.a. Boss Lee. Hi, how are you? I'm excited to be here, Kenny. Thank you for the intro. And uh, yeah, I hope to empower some people today, answer some questions and maybe give some different insight and perspective on the cancer journey. Because like you said, it doesn't discriminate. And well, I know it is the one thing that I do truly believe every single human being has been affected by um, personally in some way by somebody either they love or maybe themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the truth, right, Jess? I mean, we've been touched by cancer in some way, like you just brought out. And sometimes it just doesn't get spoken about. It doesn't get in the front page. We know how to deal with a common cold. Yeah, take some NyQuil, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not to give shout out to NyQuil, but, you know, you take medication, you know, cold and flu medication. But when it's cancer, it seems like this astronomical task. And I, I understand that. You know, I've seen this for like two decades and people you know, their mindset and how you get through that. So I understand, I understand that part of it. But I want to ask you, Just, you know, what was life like for Just prior to the diagnosis? What were you doing? How did you get to this point in your career before getting this diagnosis? Um, well, I really thought that I was basically at the top of my game in everything. I thought that I was the top of the health game. I had gone on a, uh, like a fat loss, just body transformation, energy transformation journey. Uh, throughout 2022, because my finances were right, my mental health was right, my emotional wellness was incredible, my spirituality was on point. Kind of looked at myself like, oh my gosh, you're all these things. But if you're looking at yourself, you are not the vision of health. Like health has a way that it looks, you know. So I just felt like, no, I need to be just all around, well rounded, you know, circle of life, if you will. So everything was great. Business was popping off, exploding. I had launched a new education platform. I had launched a software company. 2022 was definitely the biggest 
year of my career until 2023. Um, and I was just on this upward trajectory of let's dominate. Let's take over the world. I started getting on bigger stages. I was booked a lot more. Everything was great. Um, I got in a really awesome relationship, still in an awesome relationship. Business is still good. Everything's still good. Uh, but you know, life has an interesting way or God is really how I like to say it. Not really life. I don't like to blame life for this, but God has an interesting way of humbling you. And I think sometimes you need to be shut down in ways. Now for me, unfortunately, that came in the form of cancer. Uh, but for some people, it looks like something different, you know, and I really feel like God knew the only way I'm going to get her to calm down and breathe and smell the roses a little bit is if she just has something quite frankly, debilitating happen. And uh, so here we are, you know, I'm I'm crushing and everything. I decided to get an MRI and order the gallery grail test to just really kind of, I don't know how to say it. I thought I was going to be bragging. I thought I was going to be able to show some MRI on the internet that showed people how unbelievably healthy I was. Prime of my life. Let's go, baby. And instead, my MRI lit up here and here. So Pranuvo is under attack right now in the news by Big Pharma. So I actually would like to say, I want to give a shout out to Pranuvo. They actually ended up reaching out to me because I commented on a Forbes article where doctors are saying, don't use Pranuvo. The only reason why you wouldn't want to use Pranuvo is because they would want you to go to a normal hospital and spend thousands and thousands and thousands thousands of dollars on MRI. So I'll give a little shout out on this podcast to Pranuvo. Go to Pranuvo. I don't have a referral code for you. I don't have a link for you. I just had a really good experience. So what is Pranuvo for those that don't know? Yeah, Pranuvo is just um, a company where you can order your own MRI. So I did so. We had called, I could ask Carissa, I don't know, she was the one making the calls, but she had called probably upwards of a dozen different doctors and medical facilities trying to get me in for that MRI. Cause I, I don't know why. When I, when I make a decision, I want to do something like, I want to get it done now. I don't want to get it done in a week or a month or a year. Like, I want to do it now. So I said, I want a full body MRI now. And they're like, well, you have to go through this and then you do this and you have to have a referral. You don't have any pre existing good. Like, so we're calling a dozen places and nobody will get me in for an MRI. And then she's like, there's this place called Pernuvo. And I'm like, well, what is it? Like, is it a real thing? She's like, yeah, it's just, it's out of pocket. It's $2,500. I'm like, I don't care. Um, she even called Houston Tech, like down in Houston, Texas for MRIs. Like she was calling everywhere. Um, but anyway, we were calling and calling and calling and calling and calling. So we find this Pernuvo place. It's P-R-E-N-U-V-O. And uh, tell them Bossley sent you. It's great. You know, you go in, it's beautiful. It's a great little setup. It doesn't feel medical, which now that I have all this medical trauma from all of these awful medical experiences, all the hospitals look and smell the same. Pernuvo didn't. I liked their lobby. That was super cute. I liked going into their little snack area and we had, you know, it was beautiful. It was really, you know, top notch, world class. My only complaint is I think it took about three weeks or something like that to get the results back, um, which, you know, I guess a, a normal MRI maybe would take a week or something like that for them to read it. So that was my only qualm with them, which whatever doesn't matter, same results, but it was just, uh, they do medical imaging. So I went and I got an MRI from them and, uh, it lit up here in my abdomen, which just ended up being lymph nodes that did have cancer. And then it lit up in my cecum, uh, which is where your small and large intestine meet. And, uh, then the gallery grail test came a, a week later or something like that and showed that it had detected colon rectum cancer and I needed immediate attention. So that's how that happened. Wow. So you're here crushing it, right? How did you get involved in, you know, any of these businesses that you were doing before? Like, how did that, how did you evolve to that from this little girl to being a person who's crushing it to 2020 before 2023? Like, how did you evolve to that? Um. So, well, Involved and evolved, I guess, are two different things. Um, I got involved in 2011 because I was 22 years old and I was broke. 
kind of typical, whatever. I always have this hustler thing about me. Uh, this demonization of working hard that I see in Instagram culture these days kind of makes me laugh because if you talk to anybody who's actually had tremendous success, I would say 99 out of 100 of the people you would talk to if you surveyed 100 people would say, yeah, I worked incredibly hard. I worked really late hours. People thought that I was crazy. I was waking up earlier. I was making tons of sacrifices. I didn't have balance. Uh, but there's this weird glorification of like, just like cross your fingers, pray, meditate and get and be successful. Anyway, I always had this, uh, that's, a different, that's a different conversation, but I always had this like little hustler thing about me. I was like, I was always different. I was kind of like the little weirdo in my hometown. I wasn't well liked was misunderstood, came from the family that didn't have a lot of things, uh, which is, again, totally different conversation. But so I just had that kind of thing about me. And then in 2011, when I needed some extra money after graduating college, I just joined a direct sales company. And that's really what the catalyst was that started the entire journey that you see. Um, it evolved, obviously. I started just wanting it to be a little part-time thing. I thought that it was going to be, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month, turned into a couple thousand dollars a month, turned into hundreds of thousands of dollars, turned into millions of dollars. Uh, and I just really, I mean, I'm kind of relentless. This is my cancer journey too, obviously, maybe, or you wouldn't have reached out to talk to me. But when I decide something is going to be a certain way, I just grab on. And when I started seeing the actual potential of what I could do in entrepreneurship, the sky was the limit. I went from the direct sales into the network marketing space, network marketing space into just general entrepreneurship, owned several companies now, got into investing as well, and then started my own education company November 1st, 2022, exploded in that too. Um, Ed Milet's my coach and he's like, if you were a stock, I would put a lot of money on you. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. So you go in here, you're making it happen, you're killing it, you know, as a hustler from childhood, right? I mean, you think about that. Anything you put your mind to, you're making it happen. And then now you get hit with this cancer diagnosis. Like what goes through your brain and your mind at that point? Um, it's not anything that anybody could prepare you for. Uh, people have asked me questions before, like, oh, you know, everyone thinks about the day that they, I'm like, I never thought about the day that I would get diagnosed with something. I never thought um, anything like this would happen to me. I definitely never lived in that space. Uh, it completely derails you. It's like if you're on this, you know, bullet train headed wherever, and you're so sure about your life and you're so sure about everything that's happening and you're, you feel so in control, you know, of your life. And I'm a control freak, no doubt about it. Very type A personality. And I felt like everything was just just doing what it was supposed to do. And then, um, and it wrecks you, you know, and when it first happens, you certainly don't see gratitude in it. Uh, you don't see the good. You don't even think about possibilities, honestly. Um, for me, it was just like, okay, well, what do we need to do? Let's get to work. But also I was terrified. Um, it's the one word I think everybody knows and nobody wants to hear. I had no information really because you don't get information quickly. Um, I didn't have information uh, about what I was looking at. All I knew was that it was colon cancer, which I didn't know if that was good or bad. It's bad. Um, <laughs> I, there's no good cancer though. Um, I didn't know what stage it was and they can't stage you until pathology. If you've ever like walked through life, it's like a cartoon or something. And you're just like, you're in your own world and everything around you's like, like people would be talking to me and I'm like, everything is just noise. And then I made the decision to share uh, the diagnosis with people because I knew I could help people. 
Um, I realized pretty quickly it would be a bigger calling on my life. And when all of that happened, it then became even louder, right? Because then you've got, everybody's got the cure. You know, um, everybody has a, the herb that will cure cancer. Everybody has the, um, you know, the protocol that cures cancer. Everybody has the special fruit that cures cancer. Everybody's uncle had the same cancer as you and lived because they did whatever. It's just noisy, 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 noisy. Everyone's got the best doctor. Everybody's got the, oh, you got to watch this, watch this. Like, okay, if you're sending me nine videos to watch, don't you think that there are another 15,000 people who have sent me nine videos to watch? So it got even wow, like then it just, it's a roar. It's so noisy. So then it just becomes, how can you make things quieter? How can you quiet the noise? How can you get laser focused? And uh, by far the scariest seven months of my life uh, to say that every day is amazing. I have, every day is amazing. Let me backtrack that. Every day of my life is amazing. I'm grateful for every single second of every single day. And I've learned a million and a half lessons through all of this, but there are moments of every day where I am just like, seriously cancer yeah you suck um and so i think that's part of the reason why i like to share as much as i do because it's people don't talk about it and then when people get diagnosed with it they don't know what to expect like uh i'll give an example from the other day i was talking to a friend of mine who i just found out has cancer as well and i was just joking around i was like is it are you the same way as me he said what do you mean i said because nobody talks about what cancer pain feels like so no one actually knows. He's like, yeah. I was like, have you ever like felt like a cramp in your arm? And you're like, cancer. <laughs> it's got to be cancer. And he's like, yes. I was like, or like your big toe like hurts for no reason. You're like, oh my God, Wikipedia. It's got to be cancer. And it is interesting because as loud and as noisy as the space is and everybody talks about whatever, it's really hard to find out information about what may or may not be going on. So then you end up in the hospital spending even more money on stuff just to find out, oh, honey, that's gastritis. You ate something that it, that your body's not <laughs> not agreeing with. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, tell me basically I have a stomach ache and I just spent, <laughs> now I got to spend another $10,000 just to tell you, okay, great. Write me up, write me up. Um, so it's noisy and it's quiet all at the same time. I don't really even know how to explain that. And I know people are trying to be helpful. So I'm not trying to like discourage people from saying like, if they're like, ah, and uh, I've caught myself before, you know, it sounds like my dad has blah, blah, blah. I'm like, have you tried? And I go, oh my God, I'm being that person. But we all want people to live. So, you know, I do get it. It's just, uh, it's interesting. Cancer is the weirdest thing that will ever happen to your mind. I'll tell you that much. You know, boss, boss Lee, I'm going to talk to you a little about that, right? Because you go from being on top of the world to now, nothing really matters, right? Nothing really matters in the sense of importance of financially. It's about living. It's about surviving. Yep. So how do you cut out all of that noise, right? That came your way. How did you cut that out and then find, find a way to a sense of calmness, a sense of direction? So the first thing I tell everybody, and because I'm so public about my diagnosis, people hear me talk about this a lot. So I do get reached out to a lot by people who are just diagnosed, which I'm glad that I can be, um, if nothing else, just supportive through this. And I give everybody the same advice. I'm like, you have got to follow your intuition. Okay. In a medical crisis, you are going to have a ton of noise, which is obviously what I just said I've been experiencing. And everyone who gets diagnosed will also have the same situation. 
And so I tell people, I'm like, there's something inside you that knows, right? So I've read tons. I've watched tons. I've talked to tons of doctors. I think I went to eight oncologists. Well, make it nine. I just went to another one another day. Like I've gone to so many doctors and specialists and integrative oncologists, traditional oncologists, holistic people, shamans, you name it. Okay. You have an intuitive feeling in you when you're reading something like the reason I went vegan um, I went to an acupuncturist and I had heard the plant-based plant-based plant, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Whatever. Something about this lady, like she gave me this look and she's like, stop eating meat. It's colon cancer. But it was something about her energy. Like the way she looked at me and was like, you're not going to die. You've got to do some things though. I was just like, huh. And there's been other people who have said stuff like that, but I just had this like pull towards, towards what she was saying. And there's been other times, you know, I've switched doctors where I had a doctor one time, like, this is going to sound kind of crazy. Okay. But I had a doctor one time that I stopped using because in the middle of my treatment, they start mentioning, Oh, there's this other kind of treatment. Um, it's a chemotherapy based, blah, 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 like whatever, which a million times I've explained to these people, I'm not interested in, in traditional medicine with this. Okay. Um, and I'm talking to this doctor and like out of nowhere, he goes, chemotherapy and something's going to be like 200, $300,000 a month. Okay. And I go, that's a ton of money. Cause in the same breath, he said, you know, you really shouldn't be working at all. And my red flags and my intuitions going crazy through this whole conversation. Like, what are we talking about? Like, hold on a minute. Okay. 300 grand a month. Okay. Whatever. All right, fine. Like we can make this work. And then, cause I trusted him. Right up until this point. And then he makes a comment and he says, well, it's like not that big of a deal. Like you're super successful. You're number one in the world at what you do. Now you're vice president in your company. Like it's just 300 grand a month. Like, come on, you have money. And I was like, and so it's just, I think it's a lot of just following your knowing. And for some people, they hear their chemo protocol or their radiation protocol or their surgical protocol. And they go, hell yeah, let's go follow it. I'm not telling you not to, I'm not your doctor. I'm not your intuition. I'm none of those things. Um, I kept feeling this very strong pull that it's a no, 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 no. And then even on, um, I actually agreed to have chemo on May 1st. I don't know if I've like even publicly said this, but I was like, all right, fine. We'll we'll start chemo May 1st. Cause I think like the sixth oncologist was like another one's like, chemo. I'm like, all right. uh, And then I, I went home and I thought to myself, I'm like, wait a minute. I've been doing all of this like untraditional, but really it's traditional. Like I've been doing all these healing modalities for months yet now, and I don't yet have a scan that shows it is or is not working yet. So I call a doctor and I said, I'm actually not going to come in on May 1st. I'd like to wait till I have another scan in a couple of months to determine if I should or should not uh, take chemotherapy because I'm feeling really good. And I would like to see what the scan show. And I waited a couple more months and I just mentioned that I ended up in the hospital with gastritis. Like that's all it was. Um, but they did a CT scan and that was when they told me, Hey, this oncologist is actually the one who read my scans. He goes, well, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to keep doing it because this is a stable disease. I was like, so how do you stay calm in all of it, man? You pray, you meditate, you get still, you stop responding, you set up boundaries around everything. And I know it can be hard. I'm a big social media figure, but like, a lot of my social media, like my live videos are me now, obviously. And then my content's me. I make all my videos. I do all this stuff. But to get to me requires you having my cell phone number these days. There are boundaries around 
everything because even the most well-meaning people say some of the dumbest stuff and you better protect this. This right here is the most important thing to protect. If you do not protect your mindset through this, you know what? It's going to sound really brutal. You will die. You will. You have to protect this. Yeah. You know, Jess, I'm glad you said that, right? Because being in this industry for two decades, you can see the people who come through that door that's going to be successful in the sense that they're going to get through it and they're going to be okay, right? Regardless of what happens. I've heard this a lot. I've heard this from a lot of oncologists. This is the truth. They're going to be okay regardless of what happens, whether they have reoccurrence or whatnot. It's because, and then you can see the people who are going to struggle and it's going to take over them. And the difference I've noticed with that, the common denominator is your mindset. It's your perspective on what you're going through. Yep. So how did Jess get the perspective she was going to be a winner through this? That wasn't something I had to get. That was an immediate reaction. Um, That was a, even when I got the grail test back, I was flying back from the Bahamas and we were flying private. So we flew and we stopped off in Kentucky to drop my CEO off. And then we were flying back to Dallas and that little layover or whatever, wasn't a layover, but whatever. When I found out for the first time, oh, this is cancer. Wasn't a diagnosis yet, but still February 6th. I get in the back of the plane with my boyfriend and that was the whole conversation between me sobbing and he's sobbing too. We're just like, you know, um, he's like, we're going to win this. I was like, I fucking know. I know. Like, stop saying it. I know. <laughs> and he meant so well. And I like texted my best friend after she was actually on the plane too. But, and I was just like, you need to help him know what to say to cancer patients. I don't know how you do that, but you better teach him how to communicate. Cause I never said I was going to be a loser. I never said I was going to die. We're going to be like, and this is before I knew stage four, this is before I knew any of this stuff. I was just like, get out of here. I'm a winner. You know? Um, so I did always have that mindset. It's not something I had to decide, but I've been the same way in business. You know, it's like every time somebody said, Oh, that kind of business doesn't work. I'm like, watch this. Right. Anytime somebody said, Oh, people don't like people that do this, this, that, and the third. I'm like, I'm gonna do this, this, that, and the third, and people are going to like all of it, you know? Um, and I've just always, I don't know, in anything, even when I had all the cards stacked against me, even when everybody said it wasn't possible in anything I've ever done, I've always won. And so do I look at cancer? Like it's a game? Yes. And no, because it's not a fun game but I know I'm playing it. It's trying to play me. It's trying to beat the hell out of me. It's trying to win. It's trying to conquer me. I'm going to conquer it. It's just, we're just in a battle right now. Who's going to be more disciplined? Who's going to be more aggressive? Who's going to push harder? Well, somebody said to me at the beginning when I got, well, when I first got diagnosed with stage four, somebody said, Ooh, I feel so bad for that cancer. Like that cancer has to deal with stage four, Jesse Lee. I said, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> what was it thinking? You know? Um, and honestly, it was also, I just flipped my mindset around the cancer. My body was trying to protect me from something, right? So cancer is created because it's cells that have gone, you know, rogue or gotten diseased or whatever. And, and my body's just been trying to protect me from it. So I needed to boost my immune system. I needed to get healthier, even though I thought that I was healthy. Like there's more things I could do. And now I've just been doing everything. And now I love talking to people that are kind of more in the holistic world too. Cause they'll be like, what are you doing? And I go down the list and they're like, you're doing everything. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm doing everything. Like my will to win is so, so strong. Um, and it's cool. Cause you, I wake up and I look in the mirror now and I go, Oh, I do look healthier. 
You know, I'm like, look at the color in my skin. Look how my hair is growing. Look at my nails are so thick. These things are like diamonds. This is crazy. You know, I'm seeing like my skin. I'm not even getting, I should be wrinkly. Okay. Like I should be real wrinkly because I'm not Botoxed anymore. None of this stuff. I think I'm just overly nutritionizing myself, which is not a word, but like, (laughs) yeah. So I didn't have to teach myself. I was going to win this. I've just had that mentality. I love that. Jess, I love that about you. You know, you can just feel that energy. And, you know, I know what that's like to come in and say, I'm going to win no matter what. And so for me that I developed that young, right? Being an only child or what I knew I wanted to get out and play. And, you know, there was things that I I shouldn't have been doing that I was going to do. When you think about your childhood, Mm -hmm. I'm taking us back here and I'm taking Mm -hmm. the listeners back. You know, I want to find out, was there situations that were put in your way for you to just fail? How did you get out of that? Oh, I, I mean, I love this because my life was clearly made for me. You know, um, people play the victim. I hate people that play the victim. They live in this victim mentality. Like, oh, but I have this. This happened to me. I'm like, get over it. Like, how much longer do you want to blame your parents for everything that ever happened to you? Like, can we stop? You know, anyway, I don't know. Different subject, I suppose. But I mean, I was dealt a really bad set of cards, really bad set of cards. I went back to my hometown a few, uh, few weeks ago. Cause I had a keynote speech in Maryland. I drove, uh, the two hours back to my hometown and sat in traffic just to like go back and see it. And I really sat there for a minute. And I thought to myself, girl, look at what you escaped. Even just the hometown, like girl, look what you escaped. I mean, it is wild, teeny weeny town, I don't know, 1200 people or something in it. Um, Now it's a golf resort, but at the time it was all farmland, right? So it was just like, goodness gracious. And then it kind of turned into like this preppy town where like people started getting money because the golfing community, but I was still, we were still broke. And I just look at that like, wait a minute, I had to get a job when I was 13 because I had had to help the family. Thank God, work ethic. Right. But I was always hustling. I was always doing side stuff. I was always like gardening and like trying to make little side deals and hustles and like whatever Uh, my whole childhood. It's like even just like my household situation, the domestic violence that was crazy, the uh, sending my dad to jail when I'm nine. So then you I become a leader in a household. I shouldn't have to become a leader at nine years old. My mom's going to work every single day. Crazy hours. Like, I don't even know. Like, no one really knew what she was doing. It's like good good. It set me up for success. This didn't set me up for failure. So it's like, I think because of a young age, because of my childhood, and that's just like drip, you know, I don't have time to get into all the crazy stuff in my childhood, but I look at that and I go, well, thank God. Cause I don't look at life and situations and bad stuff as like, this is the end. I'm really fast to boom, get over it. Something terrible happens. I go, wow. Okay. Let me give myself my five minutes. Let me dust myself off and let's fix this. Let's win this. Let's conquer this. This can be fixed. And so, yeah, has life been crazy? Yes. Has every situation been, you know, amazing? But I'm so thankful it wasn't easy. It's like, I wouldn't want to be a trust fund baby. I like to struggle because now I have the ability to teach people how to win. And that's how I look at this cancer thing is people are like, will you teach me? I will teach you everything I've done. Let me get that no evidence of disease. Let me go ahead and get that no cancer in my body. And then I will give you my full list of stuff that I really do believe is like the be all end all. Um, but I just, no, I mean, even in the worst situations at all times, I choose to see the positive. 
always. I shouldn't say I hope because I know. Um, I know I'm always going to be like that. I'm always going to yes. have that glass is half full, even in a cancer journey, even in, you know, when you're broke, even in when you're from the family that everybody's making fun of and dad's in jail and blah, 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 blah. I didn't want to be the person who was always complaining. Nobody likes that person. So I chose to see the the bright side of life. Still do. Yeah. And so that mentality, Jess, that's what I'm talking about. You've developed that at a such young age mm-hmm. and then you get, you fast forward, you take all of that, what you've gone through, you're putting your dad in jail, going through it, hustling as a young kid, you're gardening, the things that you were doing, handling all of that. And then utilize those tools. Obviously, you become successful in who you are. Mm-hmm. But it's those tools that you're needing now that you're facing with this Goliath-like situation, right? This cancer, this crisis, this health crisis, as you called it earlier. I like that you said Goliath. Because David yeah. defeats Goliath. I just like when people call cancer a Goliath. I'm like, it's a perfect example. Great, great anecdotes. No, no, no. That's what we're talking about. That's what, that's what you're doing. That's what you've done all your life. And that's what I want the listeners to hear. Jess was fighting since childhood. She came in here and she hustled. She found a way. She never took a victim's mentality. And so that's a mindset. That's a mindset on how you do that. And I hope you guys are listening to that. I told you earlier, the people that come through the door, I've seen that. The people that are going to be successful, they already had a mindset. And when you listen to Jess today, you hear what she's talking about. You know, what I love what you said, Jess, you said you took the five minutes, you took the moment to grieve, to go through your situation of being diagnosed with a cancer. But then you came back. Okay, let's go. What are we doing? No, we're going to win. These are the things we're going to do. I'm giving you the gems now. I'm just repeating what Jess has said to you. And I hope you're getting these gems. So Jess, you come through that. You have that mindset. Talk to us now on how you approach stage four cancer now. So uh, I would also just say to anybody listening to this, that five minutes of grieving, that can happen multiple times a day. You know, um, Something I I teach a lot of people is, you know, you cannot stop the triggers from happening, okay? But you can change your behavior. So when I'm triggered, which I am every day by something, once you get diagnosed with cancer, man, is like, you'll be not thinking about it for 40 minutes and then boom, it's in your head, right? Or like I was joking around about earlier, oh, my forearm hurts cancer. You know, the next thing you know, you're on WebMD and you're like, yep, definitely tomorrow's Um, when you get triggered, it's just changing it really fast. For me, a lot of the time when I have that, like, uh, which I do get, like, I I don't live, I live in a high rise. So I'm up way, way on the top and the top floor looking out at, you know, whatever. I'm like, let's go dogs. We got to get downstairs. We got to get grounded, you know, or maybe it's, I'm frustrated. I feel stomach ache, whatever. What can I do right away? Okay. Can I do a coffee enema? (laughs) You know, can I go eat something? Can I go make a juice really fast? I'm doing a bunch of juicing, right? Can I do something that makes me feel like, okay, I'm doing something really positive for my health right now. So I'm triggered in this moment. I'm upset in this moment. I'm feeling frustrated in this moment. I'm feeling a little out of control in this moment. What can I control? So pull yourself out. And this is not just a cancer thing, right? It's like, when you're not feeling successful or something in business, instead of moping around, it's like, well, then take action really fast. You know, don't just sit in it and feel like a loser because your check, it doesn't, you're not making as much money as you want to make. Well, then go make some quick money really fast. What can you do to change it? Um, so anyway, the stage four, what am I doing for stage four? How am I conquering stage four? How am I going after stage four? 
it's anything and everything. It is throwing the kitchen sink at this. And it started with, yeah, tons of research. I'll give like a huge tip for anyone listening to this podcast. I know a lot of cancer patients probably listen to this. One of the best things I ever did was I stopped listening and following people who would talk about all these people who had the cure, everyone who, oh, this, 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 this. I stopped even opening those messages and associating with those people, not in a negative way, just like I just didn't have time. And I've spent a lot of time with other people with stage four diagnoses who did not meet their prognosis, meaning stage four is a death sentence for people who don't understand this. Okay. Like whether it, they give you six weeks or whether they give you six years, this is not something that traditional oncology, and again, I don't think anyone's ill and has any ill intent, uh, neither do I. They're not looking for a cure, okay? For the most part, okay? Maybe there are some oncologists who are like, yeah, someday, we, okay, someday we might. So I started seeking out immediately. This is like step one, I think, in all this. I wish I had done this sooner. I wish I had sooner started seeking out other stage four diagnoses with poor prognosises who have conquered this prognosis. Now I spend a lot of my time talking to these people. I am friends with these people. I speak to them often. I've met with them. We chat often, phone calls, text messages, voice, like you name it. We're constantly in each other's ears because these are the people who have stared death in the face and said, not today. So I accept my diagnosis. This is what I always say. I do. I accept a stage four colon cancer diagnosis. I do not accept. I love looking at the calendar every time I do an interview like this. I do not accept now that in six weeks, you're telling me I'm going to be dead. For In case you didn't know this. Okay. They said, oh, oh, you don't do your chemotherapy dead in October. Okay. Um, which I think God is playing a little bit of a, like a ha ha, Jesse Lee, let's go on me because my birthday's November 1st anyway. So it's like, once we make it out of October, November 1st anyway, would have just been like the biggest celebration. And now I'm like, oh, now we gonna go crazy. I don't know. My brother's coming in with my, one of my godsons. He's, oh my God. Like, and then I don't know, I'm gonna take a trip somewhere. I'm booked in Slovakia on the 3rd and 4th of November. So I'll be in Slovakia. Then I'm gonna take a trip. I don't even know. It's gonna be amazing. I don't know. Anyway, you see, I'm getting all excited. <laughs> I'm getting all excited. But I spend so much time around these people who have defied the odds. And I do that in everything. Oh, you're telling me 1%. You're telling me only, only one out of every million people. Good. Well, that's the spot for me then, baby. Um, and I just have this attitude towards it. The other thing is just like, you cannot become like, like uh, I read a book, uh, Joe, Joe Dispenza book called um, The Placebo Effect or something, or You Are Not the Placebo or whatever it is. And he's in this in this book and he's talking about over and over again about how the reason why people get sick and then boom, experience symptoms is because they read what the symptoms are supposed to be and then they start becoming them. As soon as you, oh, you have strep throat. All of a sudden you're like, oh, let me look. Ah, uh, you're I'll look at the look at the white bumps. You know, like you're looking for bumps, you're looking for a cough, you're looking for a fever, you're looking for sore aches, you're looking for all these symptoms. It's like, what if you didn't know those symptoms existed? Well, then you wouldn't feel them. It's the same reason you've got like a splitting headache. You take an Advil or something, right? Let's call it an Advil. You take an Advil, or if you're like me, you just drink a bunch of water, right? Because I'm like, oh, my brain's dehydrated. Anyway, 
You take an Advil. Why do people feel better a split second after taking an Advil? That Advil has not worked. You know what the Advil is going to do, right? So I wish more people understood you can control way more of this than you think you can. And then you got to be really disciplined. I'm not attacking stage four like this is a common cold or a bump or a scrape. I'm attacking it like it wants to kill me because it wants to kill me. And I looked at it like, you know what stage four cancer is? It is basically every alarm system in your body's like, it's telling you, you have not been doing something right. Something is very, very, very wrong. Until you figure out what is very, very, very wrong, you're going to get very, very, very sick. And so I went, well, we got, are you kidding me, man? We got to fix everything. And that's why I said, all right, I'm gonna go to the shaman and I'm gonna do some energy work. I'm gonna go to all, I'm gonna go to traditional pr practitioners. I'm gonna go to holistic practitioners. I'm gonna go acupuncture. I'm gonna go do this. What the heck? I'm gonna do ozone. I'm gonna do vitamin Cs. I'm gonna do, what the heck is all this red light? I'm gonna do, I got a hyperbaric chamber. I'm Oh, you have a, what a biocharger? It's gonna shift my energy field. Let's go. Like, I wanna do it all because something is awesome off. And uh, for me, I really think that my biggest healing, and I feel like I can visually even see it in photos, was forgiveness. I forgave my mom. I had grace. I stepped into her shoes for a little bit and realized that, hey, our childhood, that was horrible and dangerous and awful. She was doing the best she knew how. She made decisions I don't think I would have made in many, 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 many instances. But I don't think she was trying to kill us. I don't think she was trying to give us hell. I don't think she was trying to ruin us. And, you know, maybe if I were in her shoes, I would have chosen the same things. I don't know. And then I realized forgiveness really was for me. And I feel like I started watching my body truly heal when that happened. And I love being able to text my mom now. I love being able to talk to her. I love flying her here. Um, we're more similar than dissimilar in many ways. Um, we're also really not alike in a lot of ways. but. Um, you know, it's just like, you have to change everything. Your body's screaming at you that something you're doing is super wrong. How much are you willing to change that? And for me, the answer was, I was willing to change everything. Everything about my life, if it meant that I would be able to live. Powerful. Just absolutely powerful. And you don't think about that part, right? We... We understand we're in survival mode and we go through it and it's, oh my God, stage four cancer. And I want to clarify when Jess said stage four cancer is a death sentence, that doesn't, she didn't mean that it is going to kill you. She was just saying that those in the professional world, when they hear, yes. they hear and they give you stage four cancer to them, it's like, oh my God, you're probably not going to make it. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not going to make it. So. You know, and then to listen to you say about forgiveness, right? Just we carry so much resentment in us. Our childhood may not have been great. The things we go through, we hold as triggers you talked about. We hold on to these things. So to be diagnosed with cancer, I say it catapults you to the front of the line of life. Oh, I like right? that. Right. You get catapulted and now you're dealing with things that you may have buried for so many years in order to go through it. You got to learn to face it. You can't ignore it because what you just said, Jess, you said, if I don't attack this as if it's coming for my life, eventually may, may take your life. Yep. 
So you face with these Goliath situations, you face with these things that you got to deal with in order to go through the next phase. And you mentioned forgiveness. And I love that. Just what has that done for you? Um, like I said, I really think it opened up my ability to heal in a lot of ways. Um, but also I just think, you know, you start to realize how much your true story and vulnerability will allow you to connect with a lot more people as well. Um, I think that when people saw that actually it's interesting, the whole cancer journey, I think has shown people this human side of me that only really my friends in real life ever got to see. And now people see it all over the internet. They're like, I really like her now. I'm like, dang, I should have just been like less bossly and more Jesse Lee online because all my friends already know this is how I am. Like, Goodness gracious. Um, but I just think also it's like, I was able to release so much anger because there's always going to be people that don't like you. There's always going to be people that are coming to attack you. Um, there's always going to be people who, you know, go after Lord, whatever. And I mean, no matter what that is, or like even my businesses or whatever, people just like to complain and they like to play victim all the time. Victim, 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 victim. And I used to let that kind of stuff bother me. And just letting that go, I just felt this air of peace around me. It's like I stopped trying to fix everything. And I just said, well, what can I really focus and fix in my own life? Um, I can't stop people. And actually, I didn't even know if my mom was going to want to have a relationship with me. That's how crazy this is. I really forgave because I felt like I had this heavy cloud around me um, that was just like not lifting. And that changed immediately. And so, yeah, I guess it's just like the peace. Um, I feel like I just feel more free. I don't know how else to explain that. I just feel like, hey, you know, I don't have any relationships in my life now at all where I would feel, ugh, if tomorrow were the day. That makes sense? Like now I feel like I just have this like, life is really good and every single relationship in my life is peaceful. I'm not fighting with a single person, not one. Like that feels really good. And then it allows me then to focus really on healing. And that's a really great feeling. Yeah. Yeah, so you think when you started to set the boundaries, right? Because now you're faced with this life-threatening disease. Mm -hmm. And you you mentioned earlier, there was noise was so loud. Do you think that the boundaries also helped you? Yes. Oh, I and especially so um, anyone who might be newly diagnosed, you're going to get triggered by everything because you're going to realize really quickly um, that cancer is everywhere. So it's like your, your reticular activating system, your RAS is immediately lit up with cancer, meaning you will drive down the road and you will see signs for cancer that have been there all along, but you have never noticed them. You will watch your favorite movies and forget that there is a cancer storyline running through the entire thing. You will read a book that you are excited to read. It'll be a romance novel of all books and it will have a cancer storyline where the where the boyfriend dies of cancer at 20 years old. Like, and it's going to be the same cancer as you. You're going to pick up the Katie Couric book, you know, because you like to read autobiographies. This literally happened to me. You like to read autobiographies. And so you pick up Katie Couric's autobiography 
and you're reading it in the back of an RV and you're driving on your way to Las Vegas a month after diagnosis. And you learn in this book that her husband at 47 years old, I think it is, dies of colon cancer. Like you start to see it everywhere and you're just like, oh my God, why? Um, And so it's one of the reasons you just have to, you just have to find your peace. And so the boundary conversation, it's why I stopped taking the DMs. It's why I stopped responding to so much stuff. It's why I started having a lot more people. I staffed up a lot more. I hired a lot more people because I'm like, I can't be around it, period. Like, I just, I can't see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know about your great uncle that died. I don't want to know about your cousin who's diagnosed. I don't want to know. Like, these things are mentally toxic. So as soon as I set up the boundaries, I started to feel a lot better. Using the primary versus general folder on your Instagram DMs as an example, or color coding your Facebook messenger, or um, getting another phone line and like very few people have it, like, bless you know it's like yeah like to get to jesse lee is a little bit more difficult but maybe it should have been like that all along you know i was extremely accessible to people who didn't deserve my time and now it's just thank god i don't have to feel bad about it anymore because i used to feel really bad about it and now i'm like oh it's a lot more peaceful when you just don't know what's going on. Um, it's, it's, it's in everything. It's like, there's a reason I don't watch the news because I don't want to know about the countries that are fighting, the people at war, the what, like, I don't have any interest in knowing about the bad stuff that's going on in the world. Well, then I don't want to know about the bad stuff that's going on in my DMs either. That's not good for me neither. Absolutely. So here, you're always asked this question, but I'm going to ask it to you in a different way. Okay. Life before cancer was one way. Uh-huh. How has life changed for you now? And when I ask that question, I want to know personally and professionally, but also you are a professional businesswoman who is a human being. So personally and professionally. Yeah, thanks. So uh, life is completely different in both aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, In both aspects, both personally and professionally, um, if I don't want to do it, it's an immediate no. And for the first time, I finally don't feel bad about it. I mean, it's little stuff too. So like personal life, I don't like going to baby showers. I love babies. Okay. I want to help give birth to the baby. Um, I don't want to put stick the poop pin on the diaper. I'm like not interested. I'll send you a gift. <laughs> right. I guess is really the answer to that. My time is way more precious. If I don't want to do it, it's just going to be a no. And uh, I used to kind of dance around that kind of stuff. Conversations when people are like, oh, let's just jump on the phone for a quick call. I used to take quick calls. I don't take quick calls anymore. It's not a thing. Um, Relationships of mine, amazing, stronger than ever, stronger than ever, because cancer will expose your real relationships very, very quickly. So you'll find out who's really there. You'll find the people who really want to be there. You'll realize that your real relationships understand that there's a reason you don't text back in five minutes anymore, or even five days, or maybe at all. And they still love you because they understand you're healing, right? This like guilt thing doesn't exist anymore because it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, Professionally, it's the same way. I looked at my entire business and I set up, as soon as I got the diagnosis, I started scheduling and structuring out what my businesses were going to look like took myself out of everything that was not actually bringing return on investment of my time, which is interesting because a lot of people in my business 
they just want my time, but with no results. So now it's Mm -hmm. like, if you want my time, you can earn my time, but that's literally your only option, right? There's no more of just me there to handhold. doesn't exist anymore because my time is too precious, Um, which has actually made businesses scale a lot faster. Everything's growing. Everything's up. Um, I'm just more methodical about everything. And then I'll also say in both cases, my gratitude is enormous. Like I used to say things and I meant them like, oh, I'm grateful for every day. I'm grateful for the breath in my lungs. I'm grateful for the sun in the sky. I'm grateful for this. I didn't mean it disingenuously, but it is different when you're not promised every day, which none of us are. I understand that. But when you get a diagnosis like this, every day you wake up, you're like, like you really are happy when you eat something and your stomach doesn't hurt. You're like, let's go. When something good happens in your life, your happiness and your attitude towards life is just a whole different level. So like, it's almost like my emotions are way higher. Like I experience things in, it's like I put like glasses on for the first time. I don't even need glasses, but it's like if I put super glasses on for the first time and I can see everything so gosh darn clearly now. Um, And so hopefully for most people, it doesn't take a cancer diagnosis for that to happen. But in my case, yeah, it did. And uh, I, I, people get weird about it, but man, I am grateful. I am grateful for this. It has made me a better person and it will every day. I love that. I love that, Jess. And then and that's the that's the part that you're going to all of us will see. Right. We, we will see that change in you. And one of the things I want to say is I I'm experiencing the glow now. I see that. And before you even said, I was like, man, she's glowing. And then you were like, my skin is better. I don't it know. Is. Look at it. My God, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you can really see whatever you're doing is benefiting you, you know, so that part I really want to talk about. What are you doing? People are going to want to know. People with stage four cancer, you know, they want to know, oh, my God, what did you do? What are you doing for your treatment? Will that work for me? You don't know. So what are you doing? Um, yeah, so uh, a lot. I really am throwing the kitchen sink at it. I went vegan from basically a carnivore diet. Um, I'm fasting. I am doing hyperbaric chamber, ozone therapy, red light therapy. Um, I'm doing vitamin C. I'm doing all kinds of different infusions. Actually, uh, I'm doing a lot of grounding. I'm doing, uh, juicing, like a ton of juicing. I'm off supplements right now, but I'm doing RNA treatment. I've done stem cells, um, a bunch of frequency stuff with like the Tesla coils and things like that. Um, Joe Tippins protocol. It's just like a parasite cleanse. I'm doing everything, like everything, 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 everything. So, uh, like I said, my, my will to win is very high. So if it exists, I probably am doing it. So, uh, or have done it at least for sure. Biocharger. Yeah. Like everything. I've got all kinds of stuff going on. And what have you adopted? I mean, cause I, I definitely hear the alternative side of it. What have you adopted from the eight oncologists that you've spoken to? Have you adopted any of the things that they've talked to you about? Um, the mindset thing is really big. I mean, it was already mine, but they all have said the same thing, like I mentioned to you. Um, and then, I mean, just being totally honest, that's pretty much it. The rest of it, like I've even asked questions like, hey, what should my diet be like? Like, does it matter if I eat like cake and pizza? They're like, I mean, just keep your weight up. So yeah, like whatever you have to eat. And I'm like, 
bad answer. Um, and not all oncologists are like that, right? Like there was one who's like, I don't know, meats and pro like proteins and vegetables should be good. Um, but that's actually not really great advice for colon cancer. So, um, but yeah, so I don't know. And it's no disrespect to them. It's just, I know they know what they know. And, um, like back to the intuition conversation, I just did not feel good going with those doctors. So I just did not, but, um, and I think they all mean very well. I think people get in the medical field because they want to save people. I don't think people intentionally want to hurt people. So, yeah. yeah, I just believe your body uh, has a will to heal itself. And all of us know that if you were to scrape yourself right now and everybody cuts their arm, tell me your body doesn't want to heal itself. Every single one of you, it's going to scab over. It's going to send white blood cells. It's going to heal itself. It's going to scab. And why wouldn't you believe that your body was perfectly created to heal itself if you give it the right tools to? Yeah. I love it. So before we let you go, what I want to say is looking back in your life, and I don't want you to think about whatever comes to mind first. Mm -hmm. Looking back, what is something that you look back at and you value that? You're like, oh my God, I remember this. And it just touches you. In regards to what? <laughs> you know, your, your experiences in life with your family, something you value, your value system. Like there's things that you won't do, right? You learn that. You learn that growing up. Mm -hmm. And so are there moments that you've had in your life growing up that you just, you value? That you, oh my God, I remember, I cherish that moment we had. I mean, tons, but all anytime anybody asks me about my, like my childhood and moments I cherished, everything's always uh, back to my Nana. She raised me because the household was so crazy and uh, she passed away in 2017, but like there's been a bunch of signs. Anytime I'm like really stressed out, I'll pray. I'll, I pray out loud anyway, but I pray for her to show me a sign. And I've seen numerous signs of her uh, throughout this entire process. And uh, she was all heart toward me. You know, I was just really one of those people. She always believed in me. And as much as I did wrong, she really felt, made me feel like I could never do any wrong. And I think that that's almost sometimes misplaced confidence when I was like a little tenacious, wild child, um, has served me very well in my adulthood because I just don't give up. You know, even when, when I'm getting knocked down, I always kind of have that voice in the back of my head. And it's like, she always believed in you. Like, why would this be any different? So, yeah. So what was one of those moments that you, something your Nana said or something that you guys did together that you remember that you're going to always remember? Oh, well, like it's, it was constant. She raised me. So it's like, she just believed in me more than anybody. It didn't matter in everything, in every way, anything. Like she was just my biggest fan. Yeah. I was named after her. So, um, we just always had a special connection and she just always kept pouring into me even when didn't always make sense to. I love that. You know, it's those moments. It's those individuals in our lives that we always we cherish and we go to. I lost my grandmother just this past April, you know. I'm sorry. Who she was to me was absolutely just a phenomenal human being, right? I think it makes me who I am today. And so we always ask that question because we want to find out what keeps you going, right? And that's something that you're going to share with someone else one day. Right. Right. Yep. So. Jess Lee, listen. What is something that you want everyone to know before we, we leave today? Something that you want them to take home and understand? 
but life is yours. So whatever you want to do in life, don't let anybody take that from you. And uh, you create your own future. I really believe that. I really believe that. Just Lee, we want to thank you so much for joining us here on All Talk Oncology. This is where you'll get the latest and greatest information when it comes to the technology and the things that are happening in the cancer industry. We want to empower you through these insightful conversations. So thank you, Just Lee, for joining us here at All Talk Oncology. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.